0: Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant.
1: Maybe the most exciting two words in all of sports instant replay. No, I'm just kidding. His game seven tonight. Dodgers and Astros. It's real simple, people. Who you got? Also, Jock Peterson will join our Baseball Tonight crew in just a few minutes. If the Dodgers win tonight, is he the MVP? I'll try with something. And Cam Newton saw one of the best weapons, or one of his best weapons, traded away yesterday. So you think he was in the mood to play nice with the media today? We'll show you that in just a bit. But the best 60 minutes of your day is here. We'll get to the latest on the Browns, once again, reinventing dysfunction with their trade fiasco involving A.J. McCarron. But first, let's get hyped for tonight
2: all right right about (laughs) now You are about to see pictures that we have never seen, and that is Dodger Stadium and Chavez Ravine getting set to play host to their first-ever World Series Game 7, a Game 7 few of us have seen in our lifetime, the first between 100-win teams since 1931. You know the line, I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave, Jamel. I'm sure you've heard it. Gotta say, I have mixed emotions about tonight. I hate that this epic World Series has to end, but psyched for whatever Game 7 has in store. It's the third World Series Game 7 in four years. And if this series is any indication, tonight will produce a moment sure to be immortalized in baseball
1: history. So what you're saying is lies are on the line.
3: <laughs> We're all counting on it.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Here's a
3: swing and a high five ball going deep to left. What are doing? Back to the wall, no fair. It is over the back home run of the Pirates' win. He did it.
4: Sandy Kovac gets his tenth strikeout. Every pitcher, of course, likes to a game with a strikeout. This was of course not
5: a game, this was the seventh game of the World Series.
2: Gordon down the line at third. A
3: 2-2 pitch. And a swing and a ball popped up. This is going to be in play and foul territory for Sandoval. And the Giants have won the World Series again. Next pitch to Martinez. A swing and a slow chopper to third. Here comes Bryant. On to first. And the Cubs have won the World Series.
1: All right, let's dive deeper into this series. This Astros Dodgers World Series has been all that and then some. We've seen 24 home runs between these two teams, the most ever in a World Series. There's been a whopping 16 lead changes in the first six games. All the one game, game three has seen multiple lead changes. And three of the games have had lead changes after the eighth inning. And that leads to this incredible fact both teams have combined, have a combined batting average of 276 in the seventh inning or later. Their average in the first six innings. 194.
0: (laughs) We're playing in one of the most epic World Series in history. And I think our players have an appreciation for that. We want to win. We're going to do everything we can today to win. Uh, But uh, we're not letting the emotional uh, angst get the best of us
5: uh, from Game 1 all the way through Game 7. I think it's been exciting. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of great players uh, make doing big things and fun things. Uh, I think it's exciting for, for the fans. I think it's great for baseball.
2: Tim, Tim Kirchgen, you have covered every World Series since 1981. So regardless of what happens in Game 7 tonight, given what we've seen thus far from this World Series, does it already rank among the all-time greats?
6: Absolutely. Game 2 was one of the greatest World Series games I've ever seen. Game 5 was one of the greatest World Series games I've ever seen. And I have slapped my head about 10 times during this series saying, how in the world did that happen? There's no way the Astros should have won game two and they did and then down four runs to Clayton Kershaw in game five there's no way the Astros should have won that game and they did and even last night the way Justin Verlander just tore through the first five innings you had to think the Astros were going to win that game and they didn't and now every classic deserves a game seven and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen here tonight.
1: Now, Tim, uh, as we all know, last year, Game 7 was pretty darn That's incredible, yeah. right? Uh, now, I promise this is not my way of calling you old, but rather ceding to your experience, what's the best Game 7 you've ever seen? And, and do you get that sense that at the end of the night you might have a new number one?
6: We might, but for now, still 1991, Game 7 is the best one that I've ever seen. Jack Morris that night of the Twins pitched a 10-inning One-to-nothing shutout. And in the 10th inning of that game, Tom Kelly, his manager, came to take Jack Morris out of the game. And Jack Morris said, I'm not coming out of the game. And he stayed in and, of course, won. And Randy Bush of the Twins told me after the game, he said, if Tom Kelly had taken him out, it would have been the first time in history that a manager was killed on the mound because (laughs) Jack Morris would have killed him. That's how great pitchers operated in 1991. That game, I still remember everything about it, and hopefully we'll have something like that tonight.
2: Nowadays you go five innings, that's a hell of a start. (laughs) Way to start the show, Tim Kirksey. We appreciate it, man. Now, since apparently I know a thing or two about lineups. I see what you did there. Here are yours for Game 7. Both teams sending out the same lineups from last night. Of course, all eyes will be on, along with more booze in store for Yuli Guriel facing Yu Darvish. for um, colors. only Astros started with a win this series. He, of course, got the four-inning save in Game 7 of the ALCS. And for more, let's send it out to Carl Ravage and the Baseball Tonight crew.
3: Hi, Michael. Thank you very much, and welcome again to Los Angeles, Chavez Ravine, and some of the great players that we've seen throughout this season and certainly this October. Cody Bellinger getting things done for the Los Angeles Dodgers, will be the rookie of the year when that award is announced. He's got a home run, he's got a bunch of strikeouts, but that is baseball in 2017. This dude's been great, hit one opposite field last night, George Springer, leadoff hitter, the two lead off hitters in this World Series, Springer and Chris Taylor have been terrific and there's uh, Jocularity, Jock Peterson. As he hits home runs, he runs around the bases, celebrate wildly. He's got three home runs here in this 2017 World Series, and he joins us now here on Sports Center. Uh, so, is that all you do? You just homer? Go check me for the day. I've homered. Uh,
4: yeah, no, I've just been honestly trying to put some good quality at bats together and. Uh, I haven't really been thinking about it, just hitting balls on the barrel and they've been jumping. So. When you hit it
3: last night, does it look like when you saw Jock Peterson's reaction, first you didn't quite know where it was going or how far it was going. Is that right?
4: Yeah, I mean, I knew I hit it on the barrel, but uh, I didn't think I got it, so I guess uh, a lot of those emotions hit me... Uh...
3: All at once. Share those emotions. Your your reactions. In fact, everybody's reactions during this World Series rounding the bases. You had phenomenal reactions. What is all that? What is that? Money? Show me the money? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think, like Carlos
4: Correa said, you kind of black out. You don't really remember it. And you got to go rewatch it and see what kind of fool you made of yourself. But uh, you just enjoy it. You stay in the moment. You know the fans here are real loud. It gets intense. And... Uh, it's the World Series, so who knows if uh, I'll ever be here again? So I'm just trying to embrace it and uh, good for make you. the best of it. Good, Doc.
5: In your three plus years in LA, you guys <laughs> had some really good teams. But well, what makes this Dodger team different to get to a Game Seven of the World Series?
4: Yeah, we have, I and mean, I think uh, this year it's just everyone pulling on the same rope. You know, we're not fighting uh, against each other. You know, it's everyone' egos left at the door, and we're just uh, we're playing unselfish baseball, and it's fun to watch. And someone. If I don't get the job done, someone will pick you up, and that's uh, I think what makes team great.
5: Big time players step up in big time moments. I feel like you didn't start this series. When we're going to have an everyday role. You've played yourself into that role. What has that meant to you, your family, your friends, this team? All you guys pulling together. You've been a superstar on this stage, man, and it's it's fun to watch. I
4: appreciate it. Um, like I said, man, it's I mean it's cool. My family's here. They get to watch all the success is cool but I mean it comes down to winning a ball game and helping your team win and it's all 25 of us out there really doing it and uh I think that's what makes it great you know it's all 25 and we're all looking for the same common goal. You guys are so good. Yeah
3: I think of the last five game sevens like Edgar Renteria, Luis Gonzalez, bum got in there, David Freeze, David Ross, anybody can be a hero after game seven and that's meant like this is a team of 25 it could be you again tonight. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. (laughs) I hear you. Thanks for being with us. Right on. Thank you. Good luck. That's Jock Peterson, who, of course, has spent most of the week in the limelight for the Dodgers, and he will face Lance McCullers, and uh, Michael and Jamal, a very difficult uh, task for a lefty, given McCullers' ability to throw curveballs. This is a unique World Series in a million ways, or a hundred ways, if you will. It's only the third time you've had 200-win teams facing off against each other, and here we are. In a game seven a lot of different ways to go here on sports center baseball tonight again at seven uh, darvish is one the Astros struggles are another you, give, give me sort of your thought going into this thing well my thought is lance mccullers has to be pretty good tonight because the bullpen depth is
2: not
5: there for the astros you know it's it's not a, it's not as important for darvish to go deep because you have kershaw available you have all these other arms that have been successful you know, I'm looking for Lance McCullers to go a little bit deeper than Darvish tonight. If he does, the Astros are in a good position. And I'm looking for the team that scores first. Team that scores first won 24 out of 38 games. Especially if the Dodgers score first with that bullpen, how is the Houston Astros going to react? Their lineup, are they going to continue to have quality at-bats or are they going to press? they start
3: pressing and panicking, it's going to be all Dodgers. Look for the team
5: who scores first to have the biggest impact. Right,
3: and Dave Roberts made no secret about it. We're going to see Clayton Kershaw at some point in this game. And after this World Series is over, it will mark the 17th straight season, Michael and Jamel, that there will be a non-repeat champion. Haven't done that in baseball for 17 years be 6 at 6 rolls on and maybe
1: about 10 minutes or so. We'll have more from the World Series, but for now let's take things to the court.
2: Prior to this season, Chris Stapps Porzingis had scored 30 in a game three times in two seasons. He's now the first Knicks player to have five 30-point games within the team's first six games of a season. Jeff Van Gundy coached some great players in New York back in the day. Probably would have loved to have ridden a unicorn such as Porzingis. Uh, Jeff will have to settle for a courtside color commentary tonight on ESPN. In the meantime, he joins the six. So, uh, Jeff, 29-3 again, third leading scorer in the league. More paint touches, more post touches, a usage rate in the mid-30s. What's gotten into Chris Stapp's Porzingis? Is it as simple as getting Carmelo Anthony out of New York?
0: Well, first, Michael, I did write a unicorn. Uh, his name was Patrick Ewing. I so, uh, yeah, I, I, I wrote him like he's the mor- he's the mortgage and has been paying my bills for a long that. time. But um, as far as Porzingis, you know, he's putting up these incredible numbers, and everybody wants to jump to the conclusion that Carmelo Anthony not being here is the reason. I think. It's part of the reason. I also think the insertion of Jared Jack has been uh, key. But I think it's also a mindset where he's come out and asserted himself more. His body is strengthened, so he feels more comfortable in the low post, uh, just turning and shooting over people. And he's given a lot more effort defensively. I thought last year defensively uh, the entire team was disappointing. Porzingis was part of that. And I think their turnaround, they lost all five preseason games, first three regular season games, and then three impressive wins. And it's Porzingis, the insertion of Jared Jack, and their defense.
2: All right, certainly got their hands full tonight with the Houston Rockets and James Harden. Jeff Van Gundy, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. You got it.
0: And more
1: NBA. It's not officially NBA season until we spend some amount of time wondering what's wrong with the Cavs or any LeBron-led team. Cavs are three and four, and that start warranted an airing of grievances before Tuesday's that practice of strength. with Coach Salue listening. The Cavs not having any fun on the court as one of the reasons for the slow start today. LeBron offered another reason.
0: For me personally, I didn't have. why it was the worst training camp for me in my
2: career because of the injury. I didn't get an opportunity to do the things that I like to do. And, you know, with the summer that I had, I had kind of had a setback. So, you know, I was kind of already behind the eight ball. So um, it didn't matter if it was a short preseason or not with the injury that I had personally. We know that the season kind of started earlier. Everybody was kind of a little bit off rhythm for a little bit. Um, but
7: we're into it now, so that much have an All
1: right, Mike, given what LeBron said, are these concerns that everybody seems to have about the Cavs, they're a little overblown?
2: There's panic, there's concern, and there's attention. This requires attention, okay? This is not an urgent email. This requires some attention, some conversation, some discussion, because I'm sorry, the defense is just way too porous, and they don't have the excuse of, oh, we're still on the high from the championship, we're coasting, we're waiting to flip the switch. This team just moved into the crib. They don't. most of them, they don't even know where the switch is. So to suggest that it's, oh, you know, they'll be fine in the end, probably so because they have LeBron, but you can't a couple of years ago have your mantra be earned, not given, and now say, oh, we'll just figure it out as we go along when you got so many new guys. Not having fun part, I bet you they miss Richard Jefferson. Mm-hmm. He would be great at, in that locker room too. right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's never too soon to, to straighten things out. You know, like you are what you do repeatedly. So why fall into bad habits early in the season? I would Because I wouldn't be surprised they lost tonight. Indiana, mm. we clowned them in the off season about right. that Paul George trade, the wasted bonus, and only well. people all play, I wouldn't be surprised they lost tonight. So let's get it together. Obviously, LeBron was compromised by the ankle injury. It takes some time to learn how to play with him. But there's nothing wrong with nipping it in the bud right now. No, it. In fact, I, we need to meet after the show.
1: <laughs> no, oh, no, I don't want to be here yeah. all night. Um, no, I, look, I understand why uh, Tyloo, why they felt like they kind of needed to, to air some things out, even though. As I mentioned yesterday, there was a part of me thinking like, isn't it a little too early in this season to already be having these, you know, team meetings? Uh, but I get it. I mean, you're right. There, it is a new group. It, it, it does take a minute to learn how to play with LeBron right. and not just from a basketball standpoint, but just his personality. I mean, we know that he's a tinkerer. He's a thinker. He sometimes overanalyzes, And I think because of his accomplishments, his strong personality, as Ty Lue even said himself, that he wondered if some of the guys were a little bit too intimidated I don't even think it's offense. So
2: I don't think it's sharing the ball. I don't think no. it's taking shots to me. That would be one thing. Defense and effort.
1: You can always control
2: that. And you gotta, you gotta fix that. Every, everything else will come with it.
1: Alright. Interpret this as you will, but after Kelvin Benjamin was traded to the Bills, his now former teammate Cam Newton posted this photo on Instagram. Not
2: in English. Not that. Not that far. <laughs> of fun. him
1: and Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin. That
8: weird, with the
1: hashtag, <laughs> shine through the shade. Today, Cam had a more direct message to the media.
8: You know, it's it's hard, you know, when you have emotional attachments. And that happened with Benji, that happened with Joe, that happened with a couple guys. But, you know, that that, that took it hard. But at the end of the day, you know, life goes on. You know, <laughs> I don't want no no, no sobs. I don't think they're going to have a a parade, you know, when I leave here. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's still going to be football on Sunday.
3: 2015, you had your best numbers when Kelvin wasn't on the field. Can you just talk about how the offense was different then and how it could be similar again without him out there?
8: That's a Coach Shuler question. It's not my question. Any more questions? Before I leave, thank you.
1: <laughs> that was great. Next I appreciate job. I appreciate that. What do you I'm think good. about how he handled things today?
2: I love the way Cam Newton conducted himself At that press conference, said no one ever. I love this attitude with the media today. Said no one ever, but I'm not even kidding. I really did appreciate it because to quote the Matrix revolutions, comprehension is not a requisite for cooperation. And Cam Newton, while that might have been his best friend in Kelvin Benjamin, he won his MVP in 2015 without Kelvin Benjamin. That's why what the
1: reporter asked him was a legitimate observation slash question. They didn't
2: draft Curtis Samuel in the second round out of Ohio State for him not to be a big part of the offense. And if they think there's duplication between Funches and Benjamin, and this will open up the offense, they're doing what they think is best for this team. It's Cam's job not to be in his feelings. I love what he said, my feelings don't matter. He's still got a job to do. And he should know by now, nobody's going to provide him with excuses no. when it comes to his performance. Well,
1: Which is why I think he did take this sort of approach and, and attitude. Because, it, look, uh, as, as was mentioned, Kelvin Benjamin wasn't there when he had his MVP season. So with that sort of in recent history, then nobody, if the the Panthers, um, who are in a fairly decent spot now. Uh, if the rest of the season somehow falls apart, or if, if that team speed that they said that they wanted more of, and mm-hmm. that was the reason why they traded Kelvin ben- Benjamin, if that doesn't happen, no one's going to point to this moment and say, oh, but they traded away what was supposed to be his top of, you know, wide receiver. Right. And people forget, you know, right. they kind of were having some issues with Kelvin Benjamin in terms of his weight and, and wondering about his productivity. And he wanted his bread off. offseason. And he did. Yeah. So it was a lot of different factors that kind of went into it. It's just that on paper, Mike sometimes it's hard it's hard to look at this offense where it is right now and wonder other than Cam Newton who is another coordinator? Who, what what scares another defensive coordinator when you and look at And it's not to them? say that
2: this may not turn out to be a mistake by the front office and Marty Herney and, and Ron Rivera. However, just the idea that they would somehow intentionally try to undermine Cam no, and not so. put their franchise quarterback in position to succeed, cut off their nose to spite their face, just doesn't make sense. Like, a lot of people, yes, they react like, what are they doing? What are There they, 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 you go, setting Cam up to fail. Quite the opposite. Why would they do that? All of their jobs are dependent on his success. But,
1: look, this doesn't mean set up to fail, but – Are they overestimating what he can compensate for?
2: Again, one MVP when Benjamin didn't play a snap that year. So you the man, make it work. Jessica Mendoza, as you know, there's no such thing as home field advantage when it comes to World Series Game 7s. The road team has won 19 in the previous 38. But in a sense, Jess, do the Astros have a road disadvantage given the problems that their offense has had away from Houston this postseason?
7: Michael absolutely and it's actually got to the point because I don't believe in that stuff either it's like home road especially in the postseason does it really matter for this Astros team it really has and when you look at the numbers specifically for Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve two of the best hitters in baseball and how drastic the difference has been in the postseason and even Jose Altuve specifically he's one of the best hitters in all of baseball and we're talking 300 points less on the road this postseason and I talked to both of these guys and you know of course they they say that they're relying a lot on their entire lineup that it shouldn't be about them but when you think about every single loss in the postseason not just the World Series but in the postseason in totality, neither Altuve or Correa have had an RBI they are very much reliant on those two big hitters even though they have a strong offense but this team has to hit specifically those two guys if they want to win on the road.
2: And you know this series just, it, it feels pointless to try to predict what's going to happen tonight, <laughs> Jamel. Yeah. But I, I guess instead of telling you who I like, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I would like to see. Because I saw this okay. tw- i saw this tweet yesterday from Buster Rona. he said that uh, Clayton Kershaw told Dave Roberts that he was available for game six, and Dave Roberts was like, nah, don't worry about it. Be ready to get the final off of game seven. As much as I love the city of Houston, love that team, I would love nothing more, ladies, than to see Clayton Kershaw ironically or appropriately, whatever the word is, come out of the bullpen and put out a fire and have a mad bump moment (laughs) and finish the game with an awesome relief effort, the type of relief effort that he has not gotten throughout his postseason career. Because you look at game one, And he's like, oh, what an amazing performance. He can pitch in the postseason. His critics couldn't wait to chirp in game five when he blew the four-run lead. So I would like tonight's hero. I think it's going to be Clayton Kershaw out of the bullpen, Jamel.
1: Yeah, I have to disagree with you there. And just we'll get to your pick in a second. Uh, I like Houston to win this game. What will be interesting for me is to see how the Dodgers' bullpen responds. And so far from what we've seen in this series, they have not responded well when they have not had rest. Good point. And look, you think L.A., they need more championships? Magic, like, right, doesn't like, win the, right? Magic doesn't know <laughs> the what a winning feeling feels okay.
7: like. The Dodgers
1: in <laughs> particular. So I like Houston. What about you, Jess?
7: Well, the bullpen hasn't done well when they haven't had rest. But tonight, like, throw that all out the window because it's going to be a different look at the bullpen because we're going to see guys like Alex Wood, who, by the way, has been the best starter when you think about against these Astros hitters on Saturday, what he was able to do out of the bullpen. But, but Michael, you are so right with Clayton Kershaw. I was talking to all the guys on this Dodgers team right around the batting cage. All eyes are normally in the batter's box, on the mound. They're going to be looking out past the outfield to see when Kershaw gets up. you got to understand, this is the greatest pitcher of our generation, mm-hmm. and he has the biggest chapter of his book about to be written right now because we don't know if he'll ever be in another World Series game. This is his chance right now, and so many eyes talking to Kenley Jansen, talking to Justin Turner, talking to all these guys. They want Clayton Kershaw in this game. It's just a matter of when. Dave Roberts said, it's going to happen.
2: Always good to talk to Jessica Mendoza. We appreciate it. Enjoy Game 7. Thanks, guys. I was joking kind of about Magic needing another championship, but the Browns in Cleveland, they do need good news. Josh Gordon, conditionally reinstated. He's on the commissioner's exempt list, and he'll be eligible to practice beginning November 20th. Good news, hopefully he makes the best of his latest second chance, like his fifth chance. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll see. Meanwhile, like Craig getting fired on his day off, only the Browns could manage to lose during their bye week. Uh, they watched the Niners get Jimmy Garoppolo from the Patriots, more on him later, then failed to watch the clock and get a trade for Bengals backup A.J. McCarron for a second and third into the league office on time for approval. Yesterday, as many of you know, I was hot. I've since calmed down as I've resigned to the Browns simply being the NFL's Deion Ferrises as in hopeless, like a penny with a hole in it.
0: I think it makes you mentally tougher, um, stronger, lets you see all the crazy sides of this business in a short amount of time. Just by hearing your name, then you are, you might be, so, um, but like I said, blessed to be in my situation, and. Uh, I'm just in, enjoying every minute of it. It's not a good situation.
8: Uh, I mean, it's a, a thing, you know, I mean, A.J. is a very valuable member of this team. And I told him that this is such yesterday, you know, yesterday afterwards, everything. And uh, frankly, I was relieved. And uh, so I don't have to go through those gymnastics
1: of the next step. So. Hey.
2: Jamel, how did the Browns recover from this fumble?
1: First of all, you know A.J. McCarron. Like, it was a very professional approach that he had and and things that he said you know he was secretly happy that this trade didn't go through you
2: know this means he's gonna be great right oh because everybody that they don't get (laughs) turns out to be awesome so somebody else
1: exactly see i don't know if the browns can recover from this which says a lot given everything they've gone through in their history because as more details have, have come out and you and you said this yesterday like you couldn't wait to hear the full story the full story when you step back and look at it some people have to get fired and I hate that. And I'm not the person that I don't like calling for people's jobs. Yeah. But when, I mean, look, the Browns have executed trades before. And I know that, you know, Sashi Brown, he, he, he's the guy that's in charge. And... Look, the paperwork itself is is one thing. Misplaced emails, and if you're him, Oh whose email? Or or, or, yeah. Importantly,
2: it wasn't from him. It wasn't from him. It was from his assistant. They
1: didn't recognize it. This is not on the Bengals at all. It's not their responsibility. And so I have to look at Sashi and those in charge and say, if you, I know because I know that you guys have a relationship, but I have to look at him and say, man, you're giving up a second and a third, Mike. Okay, we work on this show every day. Details, right? You're giving up a second and a third for a quarterback that could be a huge piece of your future. You don't see that all the way through until it gets done. Well,
2: that's the issue. The last thing the Browns need to do is clean house yet again. Okay, they do way too much of that. But get your house in order to your point. Right. And what's alarming is not forget you know contract paperwork and finalizing it or, or emails. Are they on the same page? Because clearly not. Because it the more didn't seeing that way. Why do, first of all, why does Jimmy Haslam have to sign off on the street? He shouldn't. It's not a big contract. You got football people, too many cooks in the kitchen, determining what, what the compensation should be. So what, what, why can't they get on the same page with who they want? What does their dream quarterback look like? Because if nobody's good enough. Right. Nobody's good enough for them. Wentz isn't good enough. Watson isn't good enough. Are we sure we want McCarron? We don't want to give up Garoppolo, and then the Niners go and get him. What are you waiting for? So honestly, I look at this. And I'm going to calm down again because I'm getting fired up. Circle back. Because if you thought enough of him to give up a second and third at the deadline, go back in the off season. And He's maybe got nothing left on his contract. If you like him that much, go back and get him. But if nothing else, use this as a teachable moment and have a meeting and say, what are we trying to accomplish collectively here? Because the more alarming thing is there's a disconnect, uh, discontent, discord, whatever you want to call it, it seems like, among the brain trust.
1: Yeah. Uh, when all else fails, Fresh <laughs> Brock Osweiler will replace Trevor Simeon at quarterback as the Broncos try to curb a three-game losing streak. Broncos were kind of left without a choice after Simeon threw three picks in Monday night's loss to the Chiefs. Now, John Elway, he's expressed confidence in Osweiler. As a starter, he should. He's his second tour there because um, he drafted him in the first place, uh, saying the Broncos will be just fine with Osweiler. But how much of this Broncos mess? is on John Elway because Paxton Lynch, right? That's supposed to be the future guy. And while I know that every quarterback matures at their own speed, what does it say that he's still not there yet? What does it say that you had to circle back and go back to Brock Osweiler, who has clearly shown that he is not a legitimate starter in this league doesn't say
2: anything. It just says how hard it is to find a quarterback. Just because you John Elway doesn't mean you can snap your fingers and make the next John Elway. Let's not forget they won the Super Bowl with whatever was left of Peyton Manning. That's Who's, number one. Who
1: right now is still better than everybody they got on their roster? Okay,
2: it's not. Quarterback. I guess what I'm saying is if you want to if you want to criticize John Elway, go ahead. But you certainly can't say it's for lack of trying. Okay. You, we they, get, they, we they,
1: get a we put, get an A for effort. No, I'm not saying good effort. Especially out, when job you have a effort. Super Bowl defense. I'm Mike.
2: saying that it's not so easy to find quarterbacks, which, much to your chagrin, which is why so many of them get paid what they do. It's they evaluated Paxton Lynch, and then and they trade up to get him. So you give the Cowboys credit for getting Dak Prescott. They did everything they could to draft everybody but Dak Prescott, okay? So what the real mystery here, to me, and I think about everything, is what could have been had Colin Kaepernick, as I suggested at the time, and I don't usually say give money back. But it would have been in his best interest to take the pay cut and go to Denver and play with that defense. What would his career have looked like with that supporting cast? So he was interested in Kaepernick until he wasn't after he kneeled. That's a different conversation. But he was interested in Kaepernick. You went out and you traded up for Paxton Lynch. He hasn't panned out in the second year. God forbid. So what's he supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? So what's that, a, what, I'm sorry, he didn't, what's what, it, what's he didn't it, want, you, want Trevor Simeon to be the guy, otherwise he wouldn't trade
1: with Paxton Lynch. What's his job, though? His job is to, is, is to find a quarterback, especially when so you look in. So because again, that
2: quarterback isn't great in year two, he's a bust. What did you look like in year two at ESPN?
1: <laughs> probably wasn't ready for Tell the six. Tell you what, I look, probably look better at my job than Paxton Lynch has looked at his.
2: Falcons running back Devontae Freeman joins the six now ahead of Sunday's NFC South showdown with the Carolina Panthers. Atlanta's first division game of the season. Six of their final nine games, as a matter of fact against NFC South opponents. So, Devontae, thanks for being here. And I know you moved on to Carolina, but let's look back for a second at yes. Sunday's big win against the Jets. You snapped that three-game losing streak. What did it do for this team to win that game the way that you did, and, and how did that you know, affect the mood of today's practice as opposed to the past
8: three weeks when you were going through that skid? Um, it, happened, it happened perfect timing. You know, it was exactly what we needed uh, to just go out – play on Sunday to compete, get that win. Uh, now the the same energy has always been there. It's still there. Um, we just had to get over that hump for the, the few losses that we had previous to our win. And now that we got it, we're in a great position. Um, but like I said, so much out there in front of us right now. All we need to do right now is just continue to practice well, take one day at a time and, you know, beat all opponents it wasn't just that you guys were losing it was the way that you were losing
2: losing leads shades of sorry the super bowl how much did the way you guys were losing to uh miami and buffalo and then getting pretty much blown out by the patriots in foxborough how much did that conjure up and open old wounds going back to
8: super bowl 51 uh like i said every year it's a new it's a new year um it's a new game it's a new week we just take it one game at a time. Man. Oh, there you go. Uh,
0: <laughs> we, we gotta
8: continue to, you know, <laughs> do what we do and just you, one day. You've been trained. One day we'll, we'll see them again. <laughs> okay, okay. We just train well and continue to work hard.
1: <laughs>
2: I
8: can't do both, nothing both about teams
1: it. Played it's hard.
8: too late, bud. <laughs>
1: I got you, man. All right, man. I well the Respect
8: to them guys, too. Yeah. Well played. Way to, <laughs> way to
1: stick to the script. Uh, yeah. Now, you just said a second ago the energy level has been there all season, but you know how we are yeah. here in the media. We always are looking for a reason, something to point to of, of why you guys may have struggled a little bit more.
2: Uh-uh, keep it real. Jamel's always looking okay, for a reason to clown the Falcons. I- <laughs> Okay, that's what it does. is. Go ahead. Why, Continue. why us, though? Why us though? Tell she, me why She liked the 28-3 jokes. Go no. ahead. Tell her. He's here. Make the joke out. Make the joke, <laughs> out. <He laughs> out. Make the joke <laughs> out. He <laughs> out. He <laughs> here. See, I ain't you trying to give me on snitch.
1: blast in front of the company. you <laughs> supposed <laughs> to be my boy. You're throwing <laughs> out in front of the company. I'm saying. I put that's on for y'all even when y'all lose it. She loves bringing up the 28-3. I appreciate that. I will deal with him later. Okay, now, obviously, as part of the 28-3 narrative, has been this idea that you guys are suffering from some kind of Super Bowl hangover. As you mentioned, the energy level has has been the same how tired are you guys uh, of hearing that that this is all somehow related uh to the super bowl loss that you had
8: it don't bother me you know hey i'll go again it don't bother me you know like i say we just gotta you know it's, it's all talk at the end of the day what we go through uh every day in practice in and out of practice we understand there's gonna be teams people in the media that like us people in the media that don't like us what we can control is uh what we do within the football field and between the lines and just continue to work hard and try to shut the haters up and (laughs) keep it going
2: all right man well congratulations (laughs) on all your achievements we know you're just getting started appreciate you joining us and i'm gonna continue to hold it down for the falcons (laughs) and defend y'all against these 28-3 jokes so make me look smart because i need to help all right thank y'all bet your magic is telling Kareem, like, man, it's been too long since I had, I had a title. I need this. What a legendary picture! I know, that's All the legends out at Dodger Stadium for Game Six, but one Dodger legend stole the show afterward. Tommy Lasorda kept it 100 with Dave Roberts. Hey,
5: Tommy. <laughs>
2: They seem Help. loose. They were listening to Bob Marley in the clubhouse. Don't worry about a thing because everything's gonna be all right. Pedro Gomez, a little over an hour until first pitch, uh, joining us live from LA. So, how will both teams manage their bull pit, bullpens with everything on the line tonight, Pedro?
5: Michael, expect anything and everything. I mean, if you Darvish gets in trouble in the first inning, you could see him lifted in the first inning. Now, if, that, if it is a scenario where Darvish has a game similar to Game 3 where he only lasted an inning and two-thirds, expect to see if it's the middle of an inning, maybe somebody comes in just to finish the inning. And then Alex Wood, who warmed up a little bit last night, will probably be the first one in. Clayton Kershaw is ready to go at least two innings, and Kenley Jansen, who had a six-out save in Game 6 last night, is ready to close out a potential Dodgers victory. On the other side, you know, you've got Lance McCullers. He's a young, amped-up guy, 24 years old. A lot of people say they remind that he reminds them of Josh Beckett, who at age 21, Ooh. threw a two-hit, Complete game shutout in game six of the 03 World Series to lift the Marlins over the Yankees. Obviously, if McCullers does something similar, the Astros will be popping champagne. But if he gets in trouble, hey, Dallas Keuchel is available for multiple innings, as is Brad Peacock, who closed out McCullers' first game in this series by going three and two thirds at the end. So the Astros bullpen, not as strong as the Dodgers, but They've got some big, big horses over there. Justin Berlander, Rich Hill, last night's starter. Neither one will see the game today. All right, Pedro. Way to be our setup up, man, while we close this thing out. Enjoy the game.
2: Jamel, what did you think about Kyle Shanahan saying that he can't promise that Jimmy Garoppolo will play this year?
1: That's straight from the foul to, you're kidding, right? No, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. You didn't you
2: didn't bring him in to just rush him in the scheme and try to play this year with that supporting cast? Like this
1: is for the long game. Okay, so you get a brand new car and you just decide I'm gonna put it in the garage. i are gonna take a look, a peek. Okay. Can we get okay, a peek?
2: Since you know about cars, you get your outfit, you get your shades. You can't just go look in any kind of way when you drive this car, right? So you gotta put him in position to succeed. This this bodes well for the offseason when they can sign him to this long-term contract. This is smart. Play mm-hmm. the long game with these young people. Well the one upside is that,
1: you know further helps that draft pick uh, check this out a better in vegas is six for six betting on the world series and at first decided to just let it ride tonight but common sense has prevailed and this guy he will not bet on game seven tonight With, it, it was 14 mil let it ride it was 14
2: are let you right see let it ride why not the why
1: game not is far. 14 million dollars Look, forget you kids, This is you know, how you gamble, Mike. All right, is that once you're, if, when you're up and you're playing with essentially house money, that's the fun part. You should, bet, again, should
2: bet against whoever David Ortiz picks. because He's over six. <laughs> uh, OJ <laughs> wore his Bills jersey for Halloween last night <laughs> as he was spotted handing out candy in his Las Vegas neighborhood.
6: So what does
1: one do when you you're trick or treating and you go knock on the door and then OJ answers?
2: I, they had to know he was there.
1: <laughs> they had to vital. know he lived
2: there. But the jersey is the best part. It is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's better than Damian Clowney's jumpsuit yesterday. Before <laughs> we call it a we had a good day, Jamel. You know?
1: uh, Michigan State had a great day because the AP top 10 or top 25, rather, in college basketball came out. Look at who's number two. And even better, we have Duke in about a week and a half or so. Football team still ranked. Basketball team doing big things. Can't wait until we bring home this championship. And, of course, Miles Bridges on the cover of Sports Illustrated. See, Mike wouldn't know about this given that. I'm sorry. Did y'all have sports
0: that you're – okay, don't worry about it. More sports are definitely coming on after us.